Welcome to Talking With Tech. My name is Chris Bouguet, and I'm here not with Rachel Madel. I'm here with my lovely wife, Melissa Bouguet. How's it going, Melissa? It's good. How are you? Good, good. So Rachel can't be with us today because she's off hiking in the Himalayas. I know, I know. We're watching her. Jealous. I know. She sent us a few Marco Polos. Yes. And we saw her uh, climbing around with monkeys. Oh, my gosh. And And just having an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, but missing her big time. Missing her. Yes. Um, Did you hear that she climbed a million steps? No, I didn't see that. Yes. To a Buddhist monk's... Monastery? Yes. And then at the top, she took pictures, and it's just breathtaking. Well, I cannot wait to talk to her when she gets back and hear about all this. Uh, It sounds um, very spiritual. Yes. Yes. Um, So, but we're here today. Yes. In the closet. Of course. Talking to everybody. Yep. And we actually have kind of a fun story to share that's related to AAC. Right. As people might know, you work at a high school. You're the uh, special ed dean at a local high school. Yep. Um, and uh, since you've been doing, since you've worked at that high school for a number of years, I've joked about, hey, how about I invite you to homecoming, or you can invite me to, to like, we'll be homecoming dates. Yeah. And so this, I had to think about it. <laughs> yeah. So this year I asked you. <laughs> you thought about it. You got no better offers. <laughs> and uh, and I came to homecoming with you this yes. year. Yes. And so we get all dialed up, mm-hmm. right? We get all gussied up, and we go to homecoming. And you chaperone. And this particular year, I sat at the at the table as people came in. The check-in, yeah. The yeah, check-in. Yeah. And I was sitting next to um, an earth science teacher, a mm-hmm. general ed earth science teacher. She has students that uh, she works with that have disabilities, but um, she's not a special ed teacher. Fair? No, fair. However... We started a class this year for our students with intellectual disabilities, and they go in and they are exposed to um, a classroom about mapping and the world and oceans, and and it's wonderful. And I will say that this general ed teacher was the first person to jump on board and say, yes, I want to do this with these kids. Yes. So um, so I'm sitting next to her, mm-hmm. and we're having a conversation about, uh, you know, when there's a lull, mm-hmm. and we're having a conversation about what that class is like and how she's doing and uh, what kind of uh, activities and lessons she's planning, right, what kind of experiences she's designing for them. And one of the students that's in there uses an augmentative communication device. Correct. I've been on here talking about him before. Yes. And... Um, We've had uh, Margaret, our daughter, has talked about how she has uh, has spent time with this student and, he, you know, watched Avengers Endgame together or Correct. maybe Infinity War or whatever. They watched one of the Avengers movies together and that they uh, just talked to each other on the communication devices they were watching this movie. Yeah. Um, so I'm talking to this teacher, and she mentions how she said, oh, Chris, you're going to love this. Uh, the student, we have him finding all sorts of words like ocean and mountain uh, ocean and mountain and all sorts of, you know, like words that you would expect to experience, vocabulary words, content mm-hmm. words that you'd expect to experience in an earth science class. Correct. Uh, and it's great. It's yes. great. And I sat there smiling like, yes, this is awesome, right? But listeners of this podcast will know that uh, those words are not necessarily core vocabulary words. Those are Correct. the fringe vocabulary words. You know that, yes. right? Because uh, you, you, you live with me. Yes. <laughs> this is what we talk about all the time. As I'm championing this this effort that she's doing, I'm also thinking, how can I help her understand this concept of descriptive teaching? And uh, so I mentioned it to her, and I just say, so this is awesome that you're finding these words and that you're using the device and that you're modeling on the device and you're using it. Fantastic. Now, can I just tweak it a little bit and she's like please tell me because she's that type of teacher Mm -hmm. right and i said so let me just explain when a kid leaves you and leaves that class how often is he going to say the word ocean or mountain Mm -hmm. or it's great that Mm -hmm. he's found those but those are very you use those words very infrequently right but what words would we use to describe the ocean and the mountain and she said stuff like wet big um blue and the mountain is tall yeah, so, cold. Cold. Animals yes. live there. Yes. And and so her and I right there in that moment started describing these sort of content vocabulary words. And in fact, you pulled out a piece of paper at homecoming, sat at the table and geeked out together while I was left alone to dance by myself. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It was very fun to watch. It was fun to watch you dance too, like Napoleon Dynamite out there. Yes. The... <laughs> Staying alive. Staying alive. So, um, 
the whole time I was nervous, though, talking to her because I didn't want to be that, like, you know. That guy. That guy that's like, you're doing it great, but can I tweak yes. it and move her on to the next step without squashing what she's already doing? Right. Um, and luckily, this teacher did not take it that way. No. She was very open to it. She and, saw it as an and, not a but. Yes. So you're doing great and... Yeah. Here's how and we here's, can move it forward. Yes, here's the next little yeah. tweak, right? Right. You went from not using communication device to using communication device to now using it uh, even more effectively. Yes. Uh, which is just growth and so awesome that she was open mm -hmm. to it. Um, but uh, we left homecoming, right? Yes. Uh, after cleaning up, came yep. home that night. Uh, the in-laws were in town. We hung out with them. And then a few days later, yes. I get a text message from you. Yes. So I was walking around. I typically walk around during those times to just go check in and see what they're up to and talk to the kids in those classes. And when I went into the class, I saw that she was sitting at a table with the student with the augmentative communication device. And so I went over just to see what was going on because I knew that she was working on mountain and ocean and everything. And he was very engaged in everything she was saying. And he was also finding things on his device, but I couldn't hear until I got over there. And when I got over there, it was her asking questions on the device, she had borrowed the assistant's device that the assistant has in order to ask him questions. So when they were talking, they were talking at that point about the ocean because they were designing um, an ocean floor and then they were going to put water in it. So, like an actual real, like, I mean, not the a real model. ocean, but a model of yes. it. Yes. So she was talking about sand, and they were saying that, um, it, you know, the grains of sand were small. And then she was talking about the ocean, and he communicated the word wet, the word blue. He communicated the word big. Um, he is very, very excited about this class and all of the hands-on that's involved in it. Um, in fact, he did walk by her classroom, and when he got to her classroom, he stopped and said, oceans, 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 there, 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 because he wanted to go in. <laughs> so it made her, she came, she left what she was doing to come in during her planning, run down and say, guess what just happened? Um, so then, to go even further, she works with a special educator in that room that is very much um, being educated with LAMP and very interested in, in all the features of it. Yeah, and this you, particular student uses LAMP words for life. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so you taught him, you taught the special ed teacher. Well, so this particular special ed teacher that supports this classroom, had uh, I, I did a training with him right. last year just a little bit, and then he came to one of our training sessions that we have going on right mm -hmm. now, and so he kind of got reinforced in it. And he actually went out and bought the app himself yeah. to have on his own iPad because he knew that he'd be supporting not just this student but maybe future students as well. So, so but what is that um, feature in Lamp Words for Life that she utilized to make that? Oh, so what, what you're re referencing is, okay, so um, the special ed teacher had worked with the earth science teacher yes. to make cards yeah. and that she put on a ring, yes. right? And that feature is not actually part of Lamp Words for Life. Oh, okay. There's another software called the New Voice software, which is free. You mm -hmm. can get it. And it allows you to print the icon sequences. So the way Lamp Words for Life works uh, is that uh, you hit one button plus another button equals saying something out loud. Right. So we would hit please, and then you go into please, and it opens up a whole almost a whole world of hello, goodbye, thank you. Right, and so you page. can choose, right, mm -hmm. right. Um, so to say a word, it's a sequence, and mm -hmm. that's what she and this uh, special ed teacher had made are cards that had those sequences on them so that the teaching assistants could eat quickly, more quickly model the words. Yes. Um, and that the student, when looking for an individual word, would could see the, the path. They had the resource. Now, not only that, which is so awesome. Um, but she came in to the room to show us, and it wasn't just 
words like mountain, how to find a mountain. It wasn't words like wet, how to find wet. It was words, vocabulary words of how can we describe converge? Which is come together. Yes. <laughs> so she found the words come together and she printed out those ways to model that. So now that student has that visual resource when he gets stuck on how to say it. And everybody around him has that visual yeah, resource. Like a little cheat sheet. Yes. About, okay. She had brainstormed. She had uh, descriptively taught mm -hmm. the content words, not just the ones we had talked about before, like mountain and ocean, but like you said, divergent, converge, yes. uh, and, and, and the list goes on. And she made this little cheat sheet for the student and everyone supporting the student. Not only that, but she also had a general education student. Actually, she was carrying those words around and she is teaching these. She's also an earth science teacher. And so she was teaching this in earth science in her research class. And when she was carrying them around, she was trying to describe converge to this child. And he was like, I just don't get it. And she said, so I just pulled out the ring. And he was like, oh, well, now it makes sense. So one thing and it can work for everyone, right? Yes, exactly. So let me just make sure I understand. The strategy that she used for a student with a disability that uses an augmentative communication device, she then ended up using that exact same strategy to help a student that didn't have a disability, or even if they did, it wasn't one that has in relation mm -hmm. to communication. Correct. Just to teach the vocabulary. Yes. 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 That visual just made that difference. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Um, I work in a pretty awesome place. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And occasionally I get to go to your school yeah and uh the, the one day that i was there i was there doing some flexible learning spaces stuff and i got to see their science teacher yeah. and you sent me the picture of of how she was doing the descriptive teaching on mm -hmm. the communication device so when i got to see her again after having gone you know to homecoming and she brought out that ring and she was showing me those cards that she made and how excited she was and how the progress that she could see the growth mm -hmm. just in this short time yeah and one last thing okay. about this whole story i think is to kind of illustrate the fact that when uh, an adult or a peer models on the device and actually uses the device, that story that you said about the student coming to the door and saying, ocean's there, ocean's there, wanting to go in there, mm -hmm. he knows now, he is associated, well, this is someone who's going to use my language, yes. right? And uh, I think students end up finding that, right? They, they, they recognize that, okay, in all the people that I interact with, there are people who will talk to me using my language Correct. and there are people who won't or yes. don't or don't yet yeah uh, when you're with somebody who uses the communication device then they the student uses the communication device and when there was somebody who does not use the communication device the student also then tends to not use the communication device right. you know or use it less or use it very surface mm -hmm. okay so for example, um, I can just say that the growth I've seen in this student because of this and because of this class and because they're, we're expanding, well, he's expanding his world on people and relationships, it's no different, right? It's no different than making a relationship with a student is apparent. Um, but he has the greatest sense of humor. So very, very funny, um, makes his point. And if I told a bad joke to him one day and he, he just politely said, stop, and then went back and said, please. <laughs> it's, he's just, it's, it's really helping development. It's really helping build those relationships. And like you said, it's no different than any other relationship you build. If you speak that student's language, if you know what really gets that kid to connect with you, you're going to do it. And again, not only with an augmentative communication device, but with every kid. So once again, working with one thing can really encapsulate everyone. Yes, really. A strategy that starts with someone with a disability eventually blossoms out to be used by everybody. Yes. You see that time and time again over yes. the last 20 years or more mm -hmm. in special education. All right, so um, I apologize that I uh, have infected you with bad jokes. Oh. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> dad jokes. Um, but let me transition over to uh, telling everybody about the interview today. Okay, well, hey, thanks for having me on. Thanks you for coming. You know on. I love talking about my students and students in general, and this has just been really fun to be with you. Thanks, yeah, anytime. Come on into the closet. Yes, and so here's the thing though um, when you're done, could you start wrapping these Christmas presents? That would be great. <laughs> Which one's mine? Nope. 
So about the interview today, today's interview is with Catherine Fredericks. Uh, Catherine and I met years ago at ATIA and have stayed in touch ever since. Uh, she works up in New Jersey. Uh, I got to go to New Jersey and do a presentation and see her in face-to-face, -face. Uh, but that's not where this was recorded. We got on our traditional Zoom and we recorded. Uh, she talked all about her, she talks all about her experience with AAC, specifically in the school that she works with. She provides lots of different strategies, and I think you're really going to enjoy this interview with Katherine Fredericks from New Jersey. Welcome to Talking With Tech. My name is Chris Bouguet, and I'm here with Katherine Fredericks. How's it going, Katherine? It's going very well, Chris. So thank you so much. So just a little behind the scenes here, everybody. Um, Catherine and I have tried to record twice now. This is our second time. And the first time I had technical issues where I could not get the computer to record. I fought with a Chromebook. I fought with all sorts of ways, and we ended up having to reschedule. And then we rescheduled, and I was still fighting with the Chromebook, or still fighting with, uh, I was still fighting with the technology, but we persevered, and we're here now. Thank you, Catherine, for, for joining me. No, my pleasure, Chris. So, Catherine, let's tell people, um, who are you, what do you do, and where do you work? Okay, so I am a speech-language pathologist. Um, my subspecialty, if you will, is AAC, because I have done it for as long as I can remember, which is too long to mention. Uh, I work currently, I've worked all around our district. I'm in Wayne, New Jersey. I'm employed in a public school system, which I think gives me some advantages that I can talk about later. Sure. Um, currently, I'm in an elementary school, so I have K through five, and my students on my caseload are primarily the self-contained LLD classrooms. Um, and about half of my sessions, because I counted them today, involve students using AAC. So LLD is language learning delay or language, language learning? Language learning disabilities, Disability. Yes. And they, the students within those classes have a wide variety of disabilities and a, lot, a wide variety of abilities. Um, it, there is a curriculum that they follow. We use each student's AAC to access the academic curriculum as well as develop speech and language skills. Um, I also happen to be in a school with the most amazing principal. He has a vision of inclusion. And our school doesn't just talk about inclusion. We are an inclusion school. All of our students in our self-contained classes are included with all of the gen ed students for a wide variety of typical activities, school shows, um, gyms, specials, science, social studies, depending on the abilities, um, mm -hmm. anything that the children are doing outside. So it's not just that, you know, they, they get some inclusion time, some time. It's on a daily basis. And um, it sounds like a philosophy of as much as possible. It is, it is the vision of our principal, and it so coincides so very well with my vision so I'm really very, very lucky to be in the situation that I'm in right now. So you said, uh, oh, did you say over half of your students are using some form of AAC? It's not half of the students on my caseload. Mm -hmm. It's half of my therapy time is with students using AAC. Gotcha, so gotcha. My students with AAC receive more intensive services, if I could put it that way, than a student say with articulation issues mm -hmm. or with language issues that are not quite as needy or as, as severe. It, it's on a case by case basis. But when I counted up all of my therapy sessions each week, half of them are with students with AAC. And that doesn't include, I have about an hour and a half a week for AAC time dedicated to AAC for programming, for training, for staffing, for pushing in, for answering questions and all of that sort of thing. I'm, I'm 
very, very blessed to be in the program that I am in with a principal who understands how important it is and with a special services department that also understands how important it is. So because the students already have AAC, uh, let's talk a little bit about that process. What does it look like in your neck of the woods for how a student acquires AAC and what that selection process, specifically that selection process, looks like for you? It varies. Some of the students come to me with AAC that they've been given either through an outside evaluation or a speech and language specialist in our district who felt that the child needed AAC, or they come from another district and don't have any AAC. So students start here at Pines at the age of five, so it's kindergarten. So our, the room that I am in most often is kindergarten, first grade. When the students come in, oftentimes, they're not using their AAC and nobody can figure out why. I might have an idea. Could it be that um, no one has taught them how to use their AAC? And there you go. <laughs> and that is, and the other idea that I know you will agree with is I look at their AAC systems and I say, wow, this is really limiting. They have a choice of 20 things. Isn't that wonderful? And I look at it and then I create waves on my end by saying, can I please have a different system? Mm -hmm. Can I please have a system that provides a robust language that I can model language using that system because I can't model language using the system that they have. And my experience, I, this is my third year here. My experience so far has been Sometimes the parents don't agree with me. Sometimes the staff doesn't agree with me. Sometimes that happens, and then we have a discussion. And I say, please just let me try. Mm -hmm. Let me try. Give me three months. Let me try. And so far, each and every time, it's, it's been okay. They've seen the value of it. And the children are making a lot of progress. Um, in terms of choosing which AAC, most of the SLPs in our district are very familiar with ProLoquo. The way I understand the system right now, um, it's we have an assistive technology team, but with only a part-time SLP on it, so they don't really have a lot of time to do AAC evaluations. If the SLP says, I have a child who needs this, can you please give me um, an iPad with ProLoquo so I can try it out? My understanding, don't hold me to it, but my understanding right now is that is what the AT team is able to do for them, for that. Okay. So, for me, sometimes ProLoquo is not the end-all, be-all. It's easier for me to model language using LAMP words for life. Okay. We don't have a lot of students with severe physical disabilities, so I'm not talking about an accent and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, Most of your kids are using direct select with their finger. Pretty much, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that, that's a good, I mean, some might do, you know, select on release, but for the most part, it is still using their finger. Okay. Um, so my, my biggest issue that I try to encourage people to do is to look beyond 20 selections, to look beyond, no, the children don't have to prove to you what they know before you give them another word, because that's not how typically developed children develop, mm -hmm. you learn language. Um, I do get pushback on lamp words for life because, gee, it's not as pretty as ProLoquo. And, you know, it's harder to understand than ProLoquo. And the reality is for the students, it's easier to understand because they don't read and they don't categorize and they don't identify pictures and symbols yet. Uh -huh. And they don't have language. They don't. They don't have the language. Right. Um, so I've been using 
AAC, either for LOQUO or LAMP Works for Life, with students who are selectively mute, students who are bilingual, English is not their first language, maybe they came here two years ago, for students with autism, both with and without verbal speech, just to develop language patterns and language abilities, and also severely apraxic students and students with a syndrome that has nothing to do with autism. Um, each and every one of the students that I'm working with is making great progress because of the aided language approach. So, Catherine, let me ask you, let's, can I dive in here a little bit specifically sure, to that three-month window that you were able to convince people to give you? And say, okay, it's not, uh, give me three months to try. You sound like, it sounds like there's two big endeavors there. One is, one, uh, the student, right? Uh, is There's the helping the student make some progress with their language goals in three months. And three months is not a, a huge, a lot of time when you're talking about language, you know? Um, so there's one, but then the second thing is convincing the team members that, Oh yeah, we should be trying something than more than 20 words and we should be using aided language stimulation. So, so can you help? I bet you there's a lot of people out there listening that might be in the same boat. Like, just listen to me. Let me convince you. Okay. I got these three months. What are some strategies? What do you do to one, bring the student along as quickly as possible, but then two, convince the entire team surrounding them that this was the right, the right strategy, that, that, that well, your, the three months was successful. One of the first things that I encourage, and I get a lot of pushback on this, people like to hide. Like, say, if you're, if you're talking on ProLoquo, even if you're talking about LAMP words for life, I start with a full version because mm -hmm. that's easiest for me to model language. But let's go back to ProLoquo. They hide everything. And what I do rather than hide is I'll, what I call pop a button. I'll make it a totally different bright color so it pops at you, so it looks different. But I do not hide everything else. Mm -hmm. So there was one particular student I had, and this was a big conversation with his family. They wanted those 20 things. He wasn't, he was barely using those. We need to, and that, that was my three-month student. Mm -hmm. And I introduced him to ProLoquo 60 because he was using 20 things on that okay. particular program. I wasn't about to change the program. And the only really happy time that he liked to do was run. That was his happiness. So we went to the cafeteria and I just did go and we ran and we stopped. And we did go and we did stop and we did go and we did stop. And after the fourth time, he did go. He pushed it. He touched it. And then I pushed stop and he's pushing go and he's running. And he's... so that's where we started. And, and that, did you, well, you said you made that, that is an interesting approach where you made this, the, the button pop, like you put an yeah. outline around it or you, you changed the I, background I, color? I changed the background color mm -hmm. and I make it a bright something. You, you know, bright green, bright pink, bright yellow, brightest mm -hmm. of the bright. And it, it, it is not confusing to children. It's so much easier for them to find. I don't have to limit anything. So I, I find that people prefer to hide instead of work around it, kind of, kind of think out of the box a little bit. Yeah, no, um, we uh, have been doing some training in our neck of the woods and that keeps coming up in each of the training is, but uh, it looks too, um, it looks like it's too overwhelming. Well, I know it might look too overwhelming to you, but it's, chances are it's not to the student. It's not too visually overwhelming. Uh, and you're going to find that if, if you're really doing, most of our training has been centered around partner augmented input or aided language stimulation, you know, teaching the adults and the peers and the family members to use the communication device. And as soon as they start playing with it, they're like, oh yeah, how am I going to say, how do I say open? That's not here. I, well, right. You know, if, if it's not on there, then you can't say open. So one of, I mean, one of my favorite things is now by the way that that student that i did with go and and the 60 items and i popped popped the button with the background color he did not read he did not match objects to pictures mm -hmm. he did not know a symbol he could not identify things if you said show me cup nope none of those things 
but he learned go and open and it, because it, the things I was doing were things in which he was very interested and it, and it meant and he, he did quite well. He did quite well with that. So, so making the buttons pop is one, is one great strategy. Uh, and I, I really love that. Um, what about convincing the rest of the team members? So your three months is closing to an end. How do they come to go? Uh, yeah, okay, we're going to do this. I mean, because they see the proof in the pudding, you show they them numbers. The they see the proof. And then mm -hmm. I have to make it my business to make sure that there's some proof. Mm -hmm. um, but I, that it, it hasn't happened yet that nothing's happened. Right. Something has always happened positively because I break it down the very simplest of the simple. Go. Right. <laughs> he wasn't using it to communicate at all. And then we would go to speech. We go to run. We go to go outside. We go. And then I trained his paraprofessional. Just show him go all the time. Model go. Every place you go. You are going to say go, go, go. By the time after a, a year with us, he was saying the word go. This was a nonverbal child. Exactly. Talking. So the, the device was the catalyst for him to, to say it verbally. It was. It mm -hmm. absolutely was. I have uh, definitely had that experience as well, where there have been students that eventually have said, okay, thank you very much. Here you go. You can have this back now. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, he wasn't quite there, but the fact that he was talking at all at six years old, starting, was huge, was huge. And his family saw it. So that, that was just, that was awesome. One of my issues though, and, and I don't know if anybody else has this. I don't know if you have this. I am only one of 17 SLPs in the district. Not everybody is as versed in AAC as, say, I am with my background. But they try. They have the verbiage. They've learned what core vocabulary is because I've talked about it for years. They know aided language, whether or not they do it quite effectively or not. They're trying. They know that. All right. And then it comes time to write goals for an IEP. And then I see things like, student will use their AAC device to request, comment, ask questions, and describe. Period. Done. Is their AAC goal. So one of my... One of my hopes is that the district will look at the possibility of getting a curriculum, not in a curriculum, uh, a group together of SLPs and districts to create appropriate measurable AAC goals from which people can choose. Because not everybody is an AAC expert. They know what to start with, but they don't know where to go from there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And these things are not measurable. So that's my hope. That's what I'm pitching to the, uh, the district right now. So we have had, we've had these conversations in the past, meaning, I mean, I've been in part, participating in conversations in the past. And I know the, that term is like a goal bank, right? Here's a bank of goals that you could draw from. To, and it doesn't mean you have to pick from those exclusively. It's right, just the exactly. idea that you could, it's a jump start, right? I mean, that, okay, exactly. oh, this is sort of similar. I mean, if- It gives them an idea because- for myself, I write in all my own goals because there's nothing appropriate in our system. We use a real-time system. And in real-time, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. That's in there for AAC. Well, and language development does have a progression that you go through. So yeah. you don't necessarily have to pull goals out of the thin air. Like, I don't know what my goals should be. Well, there's language development milestones that you could be using as, as, as tent poles or, or tent poles? No, um, mile, yeah. mile markers, if you will. Yeah, but somehow there's a disconnect that I find between using AAC, making it a separate goal, and language goals. So even though they're doing language goals, they're not equating them. I don't know if that makes sense. They're not equating them as using it on their AAC device. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and to so, me. You know, the child will name five colors. 
If I were writing it, I would say child will name verbally or using their AAC device five colors. Mm -hmm. Therefore, either or, whatever becomes easiest for the child, however we can do it, that's fine. Right, right. Well, and so well, I guess one way you could break that down is let's, let's say the goal was to name five colors. You could put as the accommodation access to an AAC system, or, you know, maybe more specifically than that if you needed to, but uh, the, the modality of how they're going to do that, um, and it could be written in the goal, I suppose, you know, uh, I, sometimes I wonder about that because um, we don't write that for articulation goals, right? Like using my, or do we? Well, no, I mean, so that's given that it's a speech goal. So that's why I specify verbally or using AAC. Verbally yeah. Or using their device, whatever device that is, whatever program that is, whatever. Because up until now, I've been getting goals with students that say, we'll name this, we'll say this, we'll tell this, and the implication is it's all verbal. It's verbal. Oh, I see. And then at the bottom, child will use AAC to participate in their educational curriculum. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. How? Well, maybe could it be written like using any modality, a student will name five colors, you know? Yes, yeah. yeah, that would be another way to do it. Absolutely. Because, but uh, you can't name five colors by, by, um, well, without some sort of AAC system. Otherwise, you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, I guess you could do it verbally. But. Have to have, but see, don't forget, many of our, many of my students do have some verbal ability. Mm-hmm. So they have limited verbal ability. So this so is why it has to be they might any. Be, they, they, uh, I can think of two in particular, severely apraxic, severely apraxic. So they will give you some kind of an approximation, but if you turned around and you had no context, you wouldn't be exactly sure what they were saying. Gotcha. And for them, the AAC is very, very important. But it also has to be modeled. And I, I would tell you that is something that I... Um, I am constantly pushing into the classroom, constantly pushing in works, mm -hmm. um, because then it's not just the student does it with me, but now the student is in the classroom. So I basically ask the teacher, what do you need them to do? What are the other students doing to participate? And then I just make it happen for that child using ASA. Awesome. Awesome. Do you find when you when you're in this sort of integrated therapy model where you are pushing in to the classroom, do you find yourself in a new role as far as like coaching teaching assistants or coaching pairs or uh, pairs? Again, peers. Principal, he gives me time. He allows me and provides substitutes for me to do initial trainings for teachers and for paraprofessionals, particularly one on one and the classroom parents. Oh, so what does that look like? So tell me more about that. Well, depending on how much time I have, I, it usually gets scrunched into an hour. Uh -huh. um, a lot of that is theory. This I know is, that hour training. I've given it many times. <laughs> this is aided language. Yeah. This is what a motor plan looks like. Mm -hmm. This is why a motor plan is important. Mm -hmm. This is why we do what we do. And then I... Uh, how do I say, like specify it to their children, to the students in their class. This is why your student is using this. This is how it's meant to be used. This is where we want to go next. This is what we're looking for. One of the students that came, this is his third year with me here. When he came, Three years ago, he was five, and he would throw his device with Lamp Words for Life. He is now in second grade. He is now using his device to create his, what do they call it, journal in the morning. And I say, let's write it. And he writes it. We email it. He prints it out, and he pastes it into his journal because his writing is, is really, really difficult for him. So email has really been wonderful for mm -hmm. us. Um, 
and he is he has blown everything everyone away oh when he came he didn't talk at all he is now talking in sentences that people understand so we're using his device now for grammar syntax tenses all of those things that nobody thought he would do he's still six by the way he didn't turn seven yet and he has been very successful. So I think people have been seeing successes and that encourages them to do other things. Like you need one really great teacher mm -hmm. who will let you go in and do stuff. And then once it happens and everyone gets amazed, it's snowball. Yes. Yes, it's like finding your champion, right? This champion to do it. And I have the most amazing teacher who looked at me and she said, okay, if you say so. And she allowed it to happen. And now she says, I cannot believe the pro I would have never, ever thought <laughs> that that was possible. This little guy, by the way, he, his parents allow me to video him. And I use videos of him when I do presentations, like the one we were at, at, at in New Jersey. Uh -huh. okay. So I had actual videos of when we started with him and what he's doing now. And now when he emails, he emails the assistant director of student support services, <laughs> the school secretary, the janitor, the bus driver, all of his family. And before he emails them, he says their names perfectly clearly. It's awesome. That's so he great. All the research, all the research that's out there, he's, he's living proof. He's the proof of it. Yes, that's awesome. Well, you know, it's something else you said there that I know we like to harp on a lot on this podcast, and I know I like to talk about it a lot, is you use the phrase, um, I never would have thought he was capable. But now, now that she's seen it, I wonder if she will ever feel that way about another student ever again. Like, look at a student and go, oh, well, this, that kid was an outlier. This kid will never. Or does it completely change the outlook of now, like, oh, well, if it was possible for that kid, then it should be possible for every kid. <laughs> that, that's what I think people have the most trouble with, Chris, is they look at what a student cannot do right now. Instead of looking at a student in anticipating potential. And, and I don't know if that's something that you can actually teach. I mean, when I look at a student, I look at what I would, okay, I get them at five. I'm thinking of what do I think they're capable of at 21 when they leave me, mm -hmm. when they mm -hmm. leave our system? What would I like them to be able to do? Mm -hmm. What do the parents want them to do? Mm -hmm. And I used to have high schoolers on my caseload years, a few years ago. Um, I would ask that at an IEP meeting. The child is going to be graduating in two years. What would you like them to do? Every last parent would say, I want them to be able to talk to me. I want them to be able to tell me what's wrong, what they want, what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. And again, isn't that the purpose of AAC. Exactly. Exactly. Tell us what they're thinking and not necessarily what we want them to say. Yes. You know. So. Yeah. Well, you know, I think an, another aspect that, that happens there is that um, so often you, like you said, you work in a K, or yeah, kindergarten K through five. fifth grade, K-5 school. So... They don't see that longevity. You having worked in a high school, you can see that and you can see kind of that longer approach. Same thing with the, the kids that are coming in from preschool. They, the, the preschool teachers might never see them again, you know? And so there you lose this whole, this whole longer term approach. Yeah, continuity. You lose the continuity. And that is one of my concerns with people who prefer one program over another, people seem to be program happy. I, I, I can add this, I can do that, I can change this, I can do that. Okay, so now we're in preschool, preschool SLP adds something. They now go to kindergarten, 
that teacher needs things differently. So now we're adding things in different places. Mm -hmm. Student doesn't know where the other stuff was because they forgot it over the summer. Nobody's continuing and now everything's in a new spot. Okay, now we go to the next grade. Well, they add new things. By the time you get to high school, the student's throwing the device because they don't know where anything is. There was no consistent motor plan. So my preference for myself to model language, if we're going to use an app on an iPad, is the Lamp Words for Life. Mm -hmm. Because you don't need to add anything. And if you do, you can. If you, you can, and I, and I do for certain things. Yeah, the dogs, the, the family dog's name is a good example. I often find, like, that's a, you know, one that you might want to add. No, I, I also have students from other countries, so they'll want favorite foods in their language, so I'll add, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But for the most part, it's not as many changes or additions. The other thing which you might find interesting is I usually ask a student if I'm, I had a student ask me today, she's pointing to a child and she's going, no, no. And I said, explain that to me. So, and she has ProOquo. So she went to the people page and she went to her classmate page and she's pointing to an empty spot and him. And I realized his name wasn't on it. <laughs> I said, oh, are you asking me to put his name on your iPad? She goes, yes. And I said, okay, so where do you want it? And she shows me where she wants it. And I do that. I have a 24-year-old private person that I see also. I always ask her okay. if she wants something. Where do you want it? Because it's going to be her motor plan. Yes. It has to make sense to her, not yes. to me, just because I happen to think it should go over here because it makes sense to me. That doesn't matter. So I do ask even my youngest students, if we are adding something, where do you think you would like it? Do you, would you like it here? Would you like it here? And they're That's, usually very good. And then they remember it more quickly. That makes them, they have ownership over it then, as opposed to you just placing yes. it somewhere. Yes. It is theirs. It is theirs. Isn't I love that. I love that. Um, so let me ask you back to the selection process for a second. I know that uh, you, since you said you know you you have uh, you you tend to like lamp words for life as your because of of how how it's designed, um, and equating that to the selection process, do you feel like? there's some influence there like that you tend to would, you know, if you're in the middle of designing or working through a, a selection process with a, with a, with a student, you know, and the family mm -hmm. and the other teachers, uh, how does that, that work with Lamp Words for Life? Well, I, I prefer it because it's easier for me to model language. Mm -hmm. So, because you know it, or because of the way it's I know designed, it very, very well, mm -hmm. and it's easier to use. There are only three hits tops. It always goes back. It's easier to search. Mm -hmm. It's easier to find things. There's a QWERTY key. I mean, there's everything needed for me. It's easier to do verb tenses semantics. I mean, all of that is built in without me having to adjust and readjust. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, I, most of my students right now are using ProLoquo and it works fine for them. So I have over the years in this school, my two recommendations have been either ProLoquo or Lamp Words for Life. Uh -huh. Because for it seems to work in most cases. It, it works. And, and we are blessed to be in a district that provides iPads for students with no questions. We have a team that has a budget that provides that type of equipment and communication apps. Uh -huh. So up until this point, they've provided, I think we have Touch Chat HD for one particular student. Um, we've uh, had ProLoquo, obviously, and Lamp Words for Life. Those are the three pretty much now. That being said, we've also recommended an accent for one student at one point, depending on ability, an eye gaze system for another student because that was appropriate. So it does need to be appropriate. Sure. But 
when people are familiar with something, they're more likely to use it and model it. And yeah. the hill is much high, less to climb when you're already familiar with yeah. You've already climbed that hill. I'm looking back down. Look at how far I climbed this hill. But I thought you might enjoy one other thing that, that we've done here. Again, love our principal. He asked me last year because he knew that this was like my thing. And he was really enjoying the students coming to the office using their AAC devices to talk to him, you know, because we just grab him and he's just so open to it. And he asked me, he said, Kat, can you do an AAC presentation to the fourth and fifth graders, the Gen Ed kids? Yes. So I did. <laughs> um, to both of our fourths and both of our fifths last year. And the result of that was the interest was amazing. The, the best aha moment for one of those students is when they raised their hand and said, Mrs. Frederick, this is hard. <laughs> and I said, yeah, it is. It's another language, isn't it? So then I asked them at lunchtime to find some of their colleagues, some of their peers mm -hmm. in the lunchroom and sit down and have a chat with them on their AAC devices. And we call that now our Lunch Buddy program. And they're familiar with the students because they are also with them during gym and art and media and all the specials. So sure. it's not like they don't know these kids. But now they're not scared of their devices. Oh, that's so great. What an awesome strategy anyone could use. And especially, um, well, I mean, really any time. And you don't have to, it doesn't have to be AAC Awareness Month or, or May is better no, speech month. No. Or but, and that was, you know, our principal thought of that and asked me to do that. So I was like, oh, yeah, isn't that, why didn't I think of that? You know, it's yeah. like, can I really do that? <laughs> you could do it every year, really, right? It could well, be. I'm, 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 I haven't, it, it is going to be every year. It is going to be every year. Awesome. Awesome. Well, okay. So having been um, using AAC for, for many years now, um, what do you do? What's, what's on your mind most recently? Kind of what's, what's floating your boat? What's got you curious? What is, what's keeping your le learning going? Because I know, like I said, uh, you mentioned that we had, we had seen each other in New Jersey. I was recently there. We have seen each other at ATIA. Um, so I've known you there for many years. And so I know you're constantly learning new stuff because I see you at conferences. I see you online on Twitter. Um, so what's, what's got you curious? What are you questing after recently? What I'm curious about or where I, where I think I, we need a focus in New Jersey is how to meld SLPs and AAC with behaviorists and ABA and discrete trials. And I think there's a collaboration that needs to occur and an openness on both sides that we can, we can truly work together to accomplish what we need to accomplish for any particular student. Um, that to me is, is an area that needs to grow a little bit. Mm -hmm. needs to grow. Um, another thing is, you know, I, I love going to conferences because sometimes there's no one supporting me in what I think I know. I'm busy supporting everybody else. Sure. What I think I know. So when I go to a conference or I go to ATIA and then somebody like yourself says the same thing that I do, it kind of validates me. Yeah, it's reaffirming, right? Whew, I'm not on. <laughs> and I say, oh, okay. So, and then I go back and I'm re-energized. Oh, I do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do know what I'm talking about. Um, I do find myself, tell me if, if you find this too, is like, sometimes I want to make sure that I'm peeking over the fence though and being like, okay, what is everyone else saying? Because I don't want to just surround myself with people that agree you know what I mean? Because then I've isolated myself and I'm not really looking at all the perspectives, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I just keep, I guess this has always been my passion. It's not a, it's not a job or an interest. It's a passion. I've always done AAC from PRC in the 
okay, we're not, we won't go back that far. Um, <laughs> right, you know, for, for E-Trans, I've developed E-Trans, the original Dynavox. Um, I, I worked with the original Dynavox user way back when. So it, it's just, it's a, it's a passion. And I love to share what I know. Um, I, I think one of the confusions is people like things neat and in a box. And okay, so like PEX is really great because it has a progression. You go from one to two to three to four to five. And that's easy to, that's easy to figure out, right? Yeah. And communication is messy. Communication on an AAC device and modeling is especially messy. Mm -hmm. So it's harder to put things in a box. And I guess one of the things that I'm trying to get administration to realize is that use of an AAC device is an ongoing process. It's not as simple as we set up 20 things and we're gonna get them to use these 20 things. Well, what's the purpose of that? Where do you want that to go? You know, and then there's the old Bloom's taxonomy, you know, we've gotta get past level one. So, Sometimes I do feel like, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm the odd man out. But now three years into Pines Lake, I have data to support what I'm talking about. I have uh -huh. students. The parents are overwhelmed. They could not believe. The student that came from Georgia that I had for two years, and, and I did give him ProLoquo, taught him how to... Um, programmed his own device. He did all his own programming. He did everything. And at fifth grade graduation, he was a speaker. Oh my gosh. As a speaker and spoke in front of, I would say about 300 people. Wow. At the microphone. Because after I gave him the device, we realized he can read out loud what he writes. <laughs> It was awesome. That's amazing. That is so amazing. Well, you, it sounds like it sounds like you're making big changes there, and that all the work that you've done over the years, and especially just this last three years, are really changing minds, hearts, and minds, and really having a huge benefit for students. So, thank you. Oh, don't don't thank me. I, you know, I again, it's my passion. You want to hear a funny story though? Yeah, yeah, tell me. My little guy who uses Lampward Spell, you know how we always talk about snug, spontaneous, novel utterance generation? Yeah. He was, he was in the principal's office the other day because he was name calling on his AAC device and going, baby, 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 and pointing <laughs> to another student. <laughs> the AAC user got in trouble and got sent to the principal. That is great. How difficult is that? <laughs> and he got talked to by the principal. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I mean, because it's like, we don't use words like that. There's reasons. Yeah, oh, exactly. My God. Exactly. It was awesome. It was just great. Oh, that's great. That's so great. I, I mean, I'm, I'm really sad and I'm disappointed in that, that student's choices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, oh, that made me so sad today. Maybe you could do better, to, you know, and we do. Yeah. We, we're a bucket filler school where somebody does something nice, they get a bucket filler. For everybody, we give them to random students when we see them doing something nice. The atmosphere in our school here is awesome. Yeah, that sounds and, great. And I tell, I tell our principal, it comes from the top. He leads it. Mm. He leads it. And that's why I can do what I do, because he leads it. All right. Well, last thing here, let me ask, how do people reach out to you if they want to find you on the Internet or ask questions or learn more about you? What, what, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Um, probably my, my school email. It's cfredericks at waneschools.com. Schools is plural.com. Okay. Um, and you're on the Twitters. I've seen you there. I've seen you. Oh, I lurk. I yeah. lurk. <laughs> I'm more of a lurker. I'm also on the New Jersey CART board, the uh, Coalition for the Advancement of Rehabilitation and Assistive Technology. It's NJ CART. Okay. Um, so that's njcart.net. So you can connect that way. Awesome. 
Well, thank you so much again for coming on, sharing those, those strategies are awesome. I think we're going to help a lot of people today and we really appreciate it. Wow. I appreciate everything you do. You give me strength to carry on, Chris. Now that I know how to pronounce your name correctly. <laughs> so, and I will see you at ACIA. I, I just got notification that my days off have been approved. Fantastic. Fantastic. Then I'll see you down there. Yep, you will. All right. Until next time. Thanks so much, Catherine. We'll see you later. All right. Bye-bye, Chris. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Mei-Ling Chan. And I'm Martin Sibley. And we are the hosts of the Exceptional Leaders Podcast, where we spotlight high-profile topics and amazing people who are changing the worldview on disability. Even though we are oceans apart, we are bringing people from all over the world together to discuss inclusion, advocacy, accessibility, and real-life journeys. So listen to the Exceptional Leaders Podcast to hear the voices and stories from amazing changemakers and be inspired to make a real difference in the world. You're listening to the Exceptional Podcast Network.